plus 112. What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf, and I'm going to start it off right away. We are going to wait to comment on what I know we want to comment on at, towards the no, end. No, we're not. Yes, yes. We're going to wait until we get into the DraftKings rankings to mention the name. Uh, let's start off this week <clears throat> with two weeks ago from the RSM Classic. Yeah, that was a um, – honestly – I don't know about anybody else. It feels like a month ago since we watched any golf. It's I know it's been 13 days or whatever it's been. It feels like a month. Um, crazy event. RSM is always super fun to watch. Um, I, I don't have a ton of takeaways from the week. I think everybody kind of played off exactly how it should have. Yeah. Ludwig Avrig, congratulations. Um, moved up another almost 50 spots in the OWGR and four days of golf. So good for him. Yeah, Ludwig was a was a solid choice. I'm a little disappointed because uh, going through my winners picks last week, I had Ludwig as one of my top two guys, but I couldn't get to him because I was saving him for later. Turns out it would have been a pretty good spot to to use him on, but it happens. Uh, there are a lot of other names, kind of also top ten, and just and just really kind of cruised along. Um, really, the only one that stuck out to me that was 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 a big miscut was like Adam Long, in my opinion. But that's just because I had him in a in a bunch of different spots. Um, outside of that, there was tons of of uh, guys on top. The other thing that I thought was interesting about it was Thursday's weather. Um, I did mention this to you guys two weeks ago on the podcast to keep an eye out for weather on Thursday. Um, it's It sucked, if anybody looked at it all. Um, it really kind of slowed down play, and I'm, I'm sure it hindered scores a little bit as well. You know, guys making additional pars or bogeys where they otherwise would have made birdies. Yeah. Um, do you want to run through DraftKings lineups and FanDuel lineups real quick? Yeah, I will say just before getting into it in terms of what missed cuts, um, obviously being a lower field, the cuts were a little bit differently. You know, big guys that missed it in yeah. hindsight, maybe not big, but guys like Doug Gim missed it. Dylan Wu, um, Webb Simpson, which was your guy. Keith Mitchell, probably the highest OWGR that missed it. Um, so most of the time, if you followed with your lineups or followed with your gut, you probably did good and ended up winning some money. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Webb Simpson was the, was the one that stuck out to me, and it was a tough one. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's all right. I think overall everything still kind of worked out for me. Yeah, uh, my DraftKings. Not to keep topic bouncing, but you're good. It was really good. Obviously, when you have Ludwig number one, you're gonna win some money. So that was really nice. I also had Eric Cole finish third. So placement points were just off the chain right away. But let's talk about my winner. Outside of Ludwig Auburn. Ben Coles, I told you, everybody, no one believed me. I got trash talked in the DMs. It was perfect. It was awesome. Um, what do you finish, like top 15 or something like that? It was beautiful. Yeah, I think Ben Ben struggled a smidge on Sunday, but I want to say he was still within the top 10. Um, I think he just had a chance to potentially run it up there, finish runner-up or, or third, and didn't fall apart, but just kind of stayed steady and, and finished all right on Sunday. But overall, respectable call. Um, you couldn't have really guessed it outside of knowing the guy as well as you did, like Jack. Um, so that was a nice play. As far as my DraftKings go, um, I had four guys in the top 20 and two guys missed the cut. So I was the last guy to win money in the double ups. And I was like second to last guy to win money on single entries. Um, I had Ludwig who finished first, Eric Cole who finished third, Danny McCarthy finished fifth. Kelly Kraft was a great one this past uh, at RSM. He finished T nineteenth. He was at the bottom of all of my lineups. Um, so really, those four guys kind of carried me because Adam Long and Webb Simpson both missed the cut. Yeah, 
And then FanDuel for me, my lineup was pretty much exactly the same. Ludwig, Cole, tremendous. Cole's amazing. I just raked in DFS, which usually is your strength. So I'm very happy because we bounced last week or three weeks ago on bets. So it's all over the place now. Yeah, I uh, on FanDuel, you were the you were the only person that beat me in 50-50 scoring. Um, and my single entry was actually 40th in the of the entire field of about, what, 1,000 entries. Um, so that was really good for me. Again, I had the same four guys in the top 20, Auberg, Cole, McCarthy, and Kraft. I also had Akshay, who finished T38th, and then again, Adam Long, who missed the cut. Um, but going five for six with four guys in the top 20 means you're going to win a nice little chunk of change. Um, so I think I 6X'd my money just on FanDuel alone which is always nice. So Yeah, and then um, I think it was honestly a great week for DFS. I'm really happy that we both had Ludwig and Cole. Regardless, whatever happened after that, we got DFS points, so I'm just ecstatic. Yeah, it worked out really well. I, I Now, I know you had, what, 25 different bets, so do you want to cruise through them all real quick? Because I know you, yes. you, you crushed it and yada, yada, so on and so forth. Jack's up money again. Yeah. Shocker, shocker. Yeah, Jack's up money. It was a tremendous week again. Um, both made cut parlays were awesome. Um, Eric Cole, Justin Saw, Ludwig Auberg, Brian Harmon, Brian Harmon being the sweat of all sweats, and mm-hmm. JJ Spawn. Um, 1.45 and 0.91 already off the bat. We had Eric Cole top 40 winner. Again, some of these times I wish points bet. Um, for those familiar points bets in their sportsbook app, they have what's called points betting. So if you get a guy Bet him at 20 points. If he goes over that, you get more money. If he goes under that, you get less money. I wish it was like that for this. Still a winner. Chess and Hadley, top 40, T38, 1.15 there. Ben Coles, top 40, 2.25s that was raked. Ryan Moore, top 40, plus 175 raked. Nicholas Lindheim, top 40, uh, 1.45 there. Ludwig Aberg got me there. Um, some losses. Davis Thompson, plus two on the back nine. Getting it was a loss. Adam Long missed a cut for a loss. Matai Schmidt was a loss. And Brian Harmon was a loss. So we went up on this week 6.36 units, bringing us back to 14.61 units altogether. And we're not even in December yet. There you go. Yeah, you're cruising along. I, you're I'm sure you're trying to get to like, I don't know, 25 by the time we get to Sony, knowing you, you're just going to want to continue to cruise up. Um, as far as my bets go, I stuck with the three again. Um, I went two for three. My miss being Billy Horschel, top 40 at minus 125. He made the cut, but I think he finished, uh, I want to say, like T64. It wasn't pretty. Um, he didn't He didn't do very well once he made it. Uh, my winners being Akshay Bhatia, T40 at minus 110. And Eric Cole, T30 at plus 125. Uh, with that, on the week, I'm up 1.2 units. And I'm currently up 3.64 units, uh, which is nice because I think last time when we were going into the uh, into the century, I might have been down about 15 units last year, really digging myself out of a hole. You might have been down when I'm up. Yeah, something like that. It was close. So the fact that I'm going and I'm probably going into century with close to close to zero, if not positive, um, on the bets is is a is a nice jumping off point because it means that there's you know, less chasing and more opportunity to just run it up. Absolutely. I know we always say it every single year. I think as a podcast goal, I'd like to be up 100 units mm-hmm. at the end of the tour championship. As of right now, we are over 18.2 units, 18.25 to be exact. 
So we are on really good trajectory and we're not even hitting the tournaments where a lot more metrics come into play. Yep. So I really like our chances to get a hundred X on money. So maybe, maybe hindsight or uh, in advance, maybe caution the bets on this week in a smaller field. We'll get into that. But yes. I like where we're at going into a lot of the big tournaments. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to play it a little, especially if we're going for 100 units up across the year. We're going to have to play this kind of smart and strategic. So you'll know, you'll, you'll know when you see it and when you listen. Uh, but we're going to kind of use that to manipulate to get to 100 to make sure that we, uh, we have the best chance to do so. All right, winner's picks. Yeah, I'm just going to blow over mine. Alex Noren, T23. He was T2, I think, in middle of Saturday, so that looked really, really good. Yeah. And then Justin saw T64. Again, smaller field, two guys I didn't necessarily want to waste on PGA Tour bracket style. Would have been, like you had said earlier, really nice to put Ludwig, being he was the number one guy in the field. But yeah. there's got to be events that he's going to capitalize on, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, last week I wanted, you know, or two weeks ago I wanted Alex, or not Alex Norton, uh, Ludwig Auberg and Eric Cole. I was like, I want those two guys as my winner's picks, but, you know, you can't have me every week. Well, it turns out if I would have done that, I would have had first and T3, um, which probably would have been the best they got all year. Um, I did throw in Eric Cole. That was a nice T3. I also threw in Adam Long. He missed the cut. Um, but, again, he was just somebody I was really kind of trying to get one over by. If he would have made the cut and finished somewhere in the T40 range, I would have been thrilled with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And then last but not least, I'll jump into my wild cards, which are tremendous or you know, beautiful. A little plus four for four. Shout out the homies at Wendy's. Um, <laughs> Eric Cole and Ludwig Auberg top twenty parlay. Imagine if that was a top five parlay, because top twenty was four forty four. So you know me, I deposit a little bit of change in my wild cards. So nice little hit there. Isn't it like a five dollar biggie bag now? Aren't didn't they get rid of the aren't they getting rid of the four for four? Or is that all rumors and speculation? Listen, I haven't been to Wendy's in a hot <laughs> minute, so I cannot confirm or deny, but regardless, right. still fuego. Yeah, 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 that's fair. All right, touche. Uh, for my wildcard pick, I had Webb Simpson, top 20, plus 375. That was more of a, uh, I want to see what, what Webb Simpson can do, and it turns out not much. So, <laughs> it turns out I'll catch a flight home on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It turns out he, he's really good about booking those Saturday morning flights. Um, all right, you ready to get into it? I know you are. That's a dumb question. Um, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods. All right, there's all of your allotment for Tiger for the podcast. There you go. No, I'm just messing. Uh, we're going to the Hero World Challenge. This is a tournament run by Tiger Woods. Um, they're playing in the Bahamas, and this is a par 72, totaling 7,450 yards. They're playing at, at, at is it Albany Country Club or Albany Golf Course? Uh, I think it's Country Club, but I just call it Albany. Um, so I yeah, wish that's I all I have written down here. I apologize if that is a that is a big speculator for you, but you'll be all right. You can just Google it yourself. <laughs> um, last year's winner was Victor Hovland. The year before that, Victor Hovland. Um, he, he's played here twice and won here both times. So you could argue that he's very, very good, and it will show in the DraftKings uh, prices. Um, the winning score this week, you're looking in the realm of like 15 under to 20 under. Not a birdie, birdie fest per se, but these are 20 extremely good golfers, or maybe 19 extremely good golfers, and you know one guy who's a little who's a little injured. Um, but these guys know how to score low, and and right around 20 under, I think is a safe number. Um, speaking Ooh, of injuries, gonna get that deep. Speaking of injuries. Uh, there's two guys coming in off of some injuries this week. 
uh, Will Zalatoris, and this guy that like not a lot of people really know about. I guess his name is Tiger Woods. Uh, we'll see how he does this week. Um, again, there are only 20 people in the or 20 players in the field this week, and with a combination of factors, there's really only going to be about 15 or so commonly used players between bets and DFS. So you kind of have to look to be different than everybody else. I mean, everybody's going to sit there and see Victor Hovland and be like, "Oh, well, I'd love to have him in my lineup," and like you can have him in there, but be advised that if you do that, you're also going to want to pick somebody that not everybody else is going to bet on, because just know that there aren't that many options. Um, of course, being in the Bahamas, there's some interesting specifics in the design. There is no rough on this course. There's about a 40 or 55 or 40 to 50 yard wide fairway. Um, and then everything else around that is just sand. Um, the greens are actually slightly smaller than an average and, um, than an average tour course with approximately 4,000 square foot greens. Um, that will require golfers to really have precision with their irons, look for strokes gained approach, and then obviously accuracy off the tee is also beneficial as well. Um, and of course, being 7,450 yards, distance is beneficial, but not really needed. Uh, plenty of these guys have the distance, so it's not really a strong factor because nobody here is a ridiculously short driver of the golf ball. All right. Brian Harmon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I I was trying to be generous to him, but yeah, Brian Harmon is the one guy that kind of sticks out as uh as a guy that doesn't have all the distance in the world. So Absolutely. Go for it. All right. We are gonna go ahead and jump into DraftKings. Kind of a lower price. I, I mean I get why there's only twenty guys, but ten K range is Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Colin Morikawa. Um, Victor Hovland, arguably number one player in the world right now. So I'm not going to spend too much time. He's going for a three-peat, which would be absolutely crazy. Last time he played golf, he finished runner-up in the World Tour. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else to add. That guy's insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all right, so Hovland's played here twice, won twice. Scotty Scheffler's played here twice, finished second here twice. Um, it makes sense why they're the top two price guys. I, I think the biggest thing is just getting to them and making sure you have good options down below. Uh, when I looked at my Vandal and DraftKings this week, my goal was to try and get as much top-tier talent as possible. Um, I do think there's kind of a cutoff. So if I could get, you know, three or four of the top guys, in my opinion, um, that was always kind of my goal when it came to this price point. And if you get Victor and, Sh- and Scotty, it just kind of limits those options down the road. But I, you can get both and still make a lineup. It just... Uh, it just makes it a little more difficult. You got to you got to do some digging. Yeah, absolutely. And then last two guys, um, Max Homan here, who obviously won um, in the World Tour earlier, and then Colin Morikawa, who captured the Zozo. So pretty much absolute dogs. Um, four guys that have won multiple events in the last twelve months. Uh, it, you gotta get someone here. Yeah. You usually when I look at Jack, I'm like, hey Jack, in this top range, can we rank it one through four? I mean, this is really the epitome of like, holy crap, how do we rank these like four guys in terms of like making a fourth guy sound like it's a bad option? When in reality, I don't really think any of them are bad options. Uh, Max Homa has six consecutive top 12 finishes on the PGA Tour to finish the 2023 season, along with a win at his most recent start at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge on the DP World Tour. He also was really like the lone bright spot on the Ryder Cup. Um, if you want to go back that far, look at like tournament tournaments compared to PGA Tour players, as opposed to, you know, you don't want to call the Ned Bank um, a tournament course because it's only DP World Tour, but plenty of PGA guys played in it. 
Uh, for Colin Morikawa, he also recently won at the Zozo in Japan. And he's finished T5 and 6th here in his past two starts. So he's got the consistencies. Um, I'm okay with both of them. If you don't want to get to Hovland and Scheffler, I'm okay with one of them. I would recommend just getting one of these four guys to start your lineup, though, I guess is my is my thought process. Would you agree with that? No. Oh, uh, but I'll say my uh, my questionable, questionable, highly questionable, super don't play for later. But I think you can sneak two in there. And I oh. saw the look when you just checked the notes and looked at my lineup. You can get two in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can. I don't know if you want to, but you can. Well, here's the reality. Just like what you had said earlier, you have Hovland two for two on wins and Scheffler two for two on runner-ups. And then Homa and Morikawa both have wins in their last starts. So yeah. you can fight for two in here. Now, granted, the talent scheme compared to a normal tournament where Hovland and Scheffler might be $2,000 more expensive, you know, you're still getting the 28th best player in the world, for better or worse, and your sixth guy. So I, I think the important part, though, is you want at least one of these four guys. If you can get yes. away with two, that's great. But if you get away with zero, I, I think you're in you're in for a tough week. Absolutely. But I do think a lot of DFS lineups, it's weird to say because normally we kind of bypass the nine and the eight K range and really focus on maybe that seven where you can get one guy to get those placement points. Yep. Nine and eight. These guys are some dogs in here, which is Matt Fitzpatrick, Cam Young, JT, and Ricky Fowler. Yeah, this is a really kind of going to be an interesting, interesting grouping right here. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick has been playing a ton on the European tour and the, and the DP world tour. Um, so he's got arguably the most starts, I guess, in this fall season. Um, now, again, it's not on the PGA Tour, but he has been playing a lot more than just about anybody else. Maybe, maybe Seb Straka. I mean, that guy plays some random tournaments here and there. Um, but he's up there for sure. He's he's viable option this week. He hasn't played well here a lot in the past. I think I think it's an interesting choice. If you want to be different, I don't blame you to going to him. I don't think he will be very popular because a lot of people will end up going with Hovland and Scheffler and they won't want to spend the 9,200 to get to him. Um, as far as Cam Young goes, I think there's a lot of boom busterisk award here. He's another guy. If you want to be different, you can get to him. I think the guy in this range, and I'm sure you'll attest to it, is Justin Thomas um, in terms of guy you want to get to. Um, I think 8,400 is a great, pri great price point. With the majority of his 2023 going into arguably the dumpster fire uh, for JT, you may be a little confused why we like him here, but he got picked for the Ryder Cup team and has kind of been crushing it his last six Absolutely. starts after finding his swing and his putter. Um, so as much as he sucked in the beginning, he's arguably playing better than his price just based on his last, what, five, six starts. I agree. Um, not to catch off before you get to some notes on Ricky Fowler, but just quickly on JT. I think that Ryder Cup pick was more, if anything, just the biggest confidence boost in the world for him. I know, again, I'm not saying the Ryder Cup's not the good boys club or whatever they call it. You know, they just picked whoever was the most popular and called it a day. I don't agree with it for the record. Yeah. But I do think that that selection really kicked him in the right spot, being around guys of the highest caliber in America and even the world. So I think it gave him that confidence boost. And also, I think this week, that's going very under noticed 
first two days he's paired with Tiger, who is conveniently his best friend. So I think it's going to be some friendly banter. I'm going to try and hit it farther than you. I'm going to try and stick it closer than you. And I'm going to try to beat you mercifully so you can get in the clubhouse and talk trash. Because if you ever follow Justin Thomas' Twitter, if it's not him, his entire feed is when they're on a putting green together, Tiger's like, oh, I'll see you at the champion's dinner tomorrow. And JT just gives them the bird, you know, because they, they have that relationship. So I think JT's going to go out swinging. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if the pairings are both Thursday and Friday or just Thursday, uh, but they did do some friendship style pairings. I think Homa and Hovland are also paired together. Uh, there's a lot of interesting pairings for sure, but it makes it for makes it for a fun time. That JT and Tiger pairing will be the the highlights, I think, of better Thursday up. for sure. Yeah, if they're mic'd up, it would be even better. Um, last thing, Ricky Fowler, he's played well here in the past. You could argue that he's lost a little bit of form. Um, now, again, that is that is really nitpicking Ricky Fowler here. Um, he only played at the Zozo, and he played decently, um, although I think he struggled to, on Sunday and shot like a 76. Um, so, again, I'm comfortable if you want to stay away from him. I still think Justin Thomas is the, you know, A1 priority, prime rib style type choice of the, uh, the 8 and the 9K range here. I agree. I think if for me, if you're going to target just even two guys, that's JT and Fitzy, um, yeah. just like what you had said, Fitzy's been active and he's a win and a third place finish. So I think he's active. He's got everything kind of figured out coming into the swing. I think JT is really comfortable here and obviously has a formidable pairing with Tiger, but it could also play to his benefit. But I think yeah. those two guys, just like what you had said earlier, Cam Young, two starts, 38th and 54th, not necessarily what I'm targeting in terms of 8,700. And then Ricky Fowler obviously is one of the best iron plays of the 2023 season. Um, obviously with the smaller greens, it really plays to him if he can get proximity to the hole, but I think there's better options or more comparable options of what we can get to there. Yeah. Um, you want to jump into the seven K range? Yeah. A couple guys here, Tony Fino, Jordan Spieth, Wyndham Clark, and questionably Sam Burns. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Sam Burns finds his way into so many of these tournaments. I'm like, man, you really are just like the ugly duckling of these top like 24 guys on tour. I'm so sorry, Sam. Like, he's I'm sure he's the nicest guy, but like, God, what is he? How does he make it into all these fields? I guess he wasn't the Ryder Cup. Yeah. <laughs> also, also before we start, um, for everybody that follows golf, or if you don't live under a rock, Roy McIlroy did step down from his PGA Tour role, and Jordan Spieth has stepped in to replace him. So congratulations, Jay Spieth. Um, first tournament since joining that where he's going to be in meetings eight hours a week for the rest of his time. Yeah, he's, he's going to have a fun time now. He's a dad, and he's got to deal with all that. Just add it on to his plate. A um, couple things to look into in this range. Tony Finau hasn't picked up a golf club competitively in three months. That's the start. Um, I'm just going to start you there. It could be a great thing. could be a bad thing. Um, you could argue that he ended the um, summer and fall on kind of a, a downward path. So maybe the three months of no, of no swinging a golf club competitively will do great for him. Maybe he'll come out a little rusty. Um, I, he's kind of a wild card. If you want to be different, I think Tony Finau is a good option. Um, Jordan Spieth has been the world's most inconsistent golfer, uh, both on tour and on this course, um, he's finished T20 or t- like 20th place here multiple times. Has also finished runner up here once. 
So we don't know what Jordan Spieth we're getting, but it's going to be extremely volatile. I do think if you're going to choose between like a Jordan Spieth and a Cam Young, you might as well save the $1,300 and uh, take a Spieth. But trust me, there's a lot of inherent risk you're kind of gaining by doing so. Uh, Wyndham Clark, I think, is the best guy in this range. Um, he's got a great short game and has arguably improved his irons the most of anybody on tour. Um, you could maybe say Victor Holland. You could maybe say it's Morikawa, although Morikawa's always had great irons, in my opinion. Um, but I think Wyndham Clark, when you combine the fact that he has great distance, improved his irons so much, and a good short game, this is a perfect metric-style course that he should excel on. And then there's Sam Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about Sam Burns at all. Shout out to you. I'm a huge fan of yours. You get a monster swing, but you are the American Sepp Straka. And for a betting wise, it is weird to bet you. Yep. Um, I can't remember what tournament when we get there. I'll bet you. Um, it's the one where Taylor Gooch won. Um, it's in Florida. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't blank it out. It's not Copperhead or Innisbrook, but uh, anyway. Like Bar- Barracuda or Bermuda or no, bah- so- uh, one of those. Whatever. Um, Tony Fino. I love Tony Fino. That guy's a monster. Um, doesn't necessarily translate to a lot of his practice when he's in Colorado, Utah area. Mm-hmm. I think Spieth, for me, actually might be tied in terms of what Wyndham Clark can bring in terms of this um, field. Obviously, Wyndham Clark has played more competitive golf at a higher level, so I can completely understand the mindset of going to Wyndham Clark. Jordan Spieth, um, for those of you who do not follow golf in the degenerate way that I do know that Jordan Spieth should have been the guy that Scotty Scheffler is right now. If you follow golf, you know, before the COVID boom or whatnot, you knew he was right there. He won a couple majors. He's just near the career grand slam. Jordan Spieth should be the number one golfer in the world today. And unfortunately he's not because he played into the role of what every professional golfer did. I want to go swing as hard as I can. So instead of hitting a seven iron, I'm hitting an eight iron and it completely messed him up. Everything I've seen from Butch, uh, or not Butch, um, McCormick, from Spieth, from his interview, from Scotty, I am seeing that Spieth is going to come back and do a lot more targeted approach and get back to a little bit more old school ways. I think that serves to benefit him, especially in a resort store, resort style course like this, where there's more than four par fives. I think he'd really get those birdie numbers up. And if you're looking at four birdies out of five on a par five, that's 20 under right there. Par threes aren't tremendously long. I think Jordan Spieth has a really good chance to outshine in terms of DFS to 7,400. Yeah, there's a drivable par four in there, too. Uh, so, you know, Jordan Spieth's got a chance to to go gung-ho and swing out of his shoes all over again and, and try and make that par four drivable for himself. Um, all right, I think we can both agree then that, that Spieth and Clark are one and two, depending on how you want to split them. Tony's probably three, and then um, Burns is four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just checking. Shout out, uh, Burns, though. Shout out, my man. I, I, I don't know. Do you like Spieth over Clark? I think I do, but that's okay. not saying that. I don't know. Well, here's the thing because Clark last year statistically and just visually looked better than Spieth, but yeah. Spieth at moments clearly proved to everyone that he was capable of getting back in the winning circle. So I think this year, quote me, quote me, I promise you, Jordan Spieth will get back in the winning circle this year. I think that is part of the challenge. I think Wyndham Clark is a safer floor. Spieth is probably a higher upside. Although I can yeah. totally see Wyndham Clark finishing like top five here. I agree, though. But the thing with Wyndham Clark is, is prior to winning the U.S. Open, yeah. dude was 7,400. 
after winning the U.S. Open, he went from 12 to 11 to 10 to 9 to 8. He wasn't Wyndham Clark of the U.S. Open. He was still yeah. competitive, but I think that elevated his stock a lot more than maybe it should have in terms of betting. That's fair. All right, uh, you want to jump into the 6K range and finally talk about your guy? Yeah, obviously my guy, Will Zalatoris here. Mm-hmm. Um, 6,600, obviously hasn't played competitive golf for almost eight months since he withdrew from the Masters. Poor guy, back injury. Everything I have read about Will Zalatoris indicates that he is better than when he hurt his back, which is crazy because he was home. I keep seeing all these notifications that he's like jumpy. Course record, course record. I think this is just, I obviously I can't verify anything. I'm not calling these courses. I think he has three course records in the last two months of golf from everything I've read on him. If now all of last year or even the year and a half before he had his injury too, we talked about bet him in the majors at events that are going under 13 under. If Will Zalatoris can come out and get four birdies around, obviously it's not a ton compared to what some of these events are going to almost 30 under at this point. Yeah. That's 16 under. That's going to be competitive in 95% of events, and especially at this event where I think last year it went to 16 under. Yep. That is in contention. So I think Will Zalatoris is either going to come out with the nerves of going to your you know, first dance in high school for the first time, or he's going to have that confidence of stepping up and shooting 65. There's going to be no in between. He he is a true boom bust of all of the guys that I've talked about, you know, finishing first or 20th. I think he is one that depending on the guy we see and the amount of, you know, how these rumors kind of hold up, he has the potential to do this. But I also think at 6,600, he's the perfect price in my opinion to take that chance. You know, if you're going to bet on one, you don't bet it at 8,700 at Cam Young. You could maybe bet it at 7,400 at Jordan Spieth, although, again, you bet him for other reasons as well. Um, you, you could do it at Seb Strzok at 6,700, although I think there's more volatility. But I think Zal Torres at 6,600 is the perfect option if you want to go for that high upside play. He will also not be very popular. I think everybody else is going to go to Keegan Bradley at 6,800. So going with Zalatoris at 6,600 will make you different than the other lineups as well, um, which is really what you're kind of looking for. Um, Keegan Bradley, again, I'll I'll just get to him. So this is a guy that this week kind of has something to prove. He got passed over for the Ryder Cup, and I think he's going to hold a little bit of a grudge for it this week. Um, Basically, every guy that was on the Ryder Cup is here, right? At least on the American side. Um, No, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay. Um, and there's one more guy that I'm blanking on, but I think that that is it. Okay. A majority of them are here though. Um, yeah. and, and, and so let's just say that Keegan Bradley has never gone out and tried to be competitive in golf in his life. There was a lot of sarcasm in there. Oh, um, let, me, let me just be clear. The guy is uber competitive. I was so just I, thank God we're not doing a video one because my <laughs> face just dropped. <laughs> yeah, Jack got scared for a minute. No, Keegan's very competitive though. And uh, I think he's going to come out and try and prove people wrong this week. So he's not a bad option at 6,800, but I will, I do think he's going to be a popular option. Yeah. I think that too. I think um, he's going to be really, really well recepted because at the Zozo, he is one of the seventh, seven top eight biggest names too. And he performed top 20. So I think there's some good, you know, history there. Um, I just quickly, before we get to the man that everybody wants us to talk about, I know you have one guy too. Jason Day apparently, I cannot confirm or deny since I'm not his doctor, apparently had another vertigo episode. So apparently, from what I'm hearing, 
is he's not 100% recovered. Now, again, I'm not his doctor. I didn't talk to Jason today, so I can't confirm that. But I also don't know when the last time he played professional golf was. And he's tapered off hard at the end there after just dominating. I want to see a round out of him. This is a really good spot. Obviously, he can't finish worse than 20. So I'm not doing placement, but my eyes are going to be glued to a TV in the Bahamas. So I really want to see what he's going to bring before I do anything else on him. Yeah, he just kind of he won way back in the middle of the summer. He just kind of tapered off ever since. What did he win? Valero? Is that what I is that what he ended up winning? I want to say. Um, I think let, I think it was Valero. It was in Texas, so that would make sense. Oh uh, my gosh, what did he win? Regardless, since Byron the Nelson. Byron Byron Nelson. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Regardless, ever since he hasn't been the same that that he was after he won, which is great. Um, but again, it's a wait and see this week. Jack's right. Um, all right, go ahead and talk about him. You got thirty seconds. 30 seconds. He is the 1,328th ranked golfer in the world. And he is going to play golf. And more people are going to watch the Tiger Woods show in the Bahamas in the World Series. Think about that. This is crazy. Tiger Woods return. He said he's going to try to play six tournaments, four majors, two non-events. So probably, you know, one in California, one in Jupiter, Florida, whatever. Ever since the ankle surgery, he said he's had no issue walking. And he's going hard, which I really like to see. I think he wants to get after it. I think this is going to be an event he's very comfortable at. He's very comfortable with the people around him. It's going to be very warm. Course isn't necessarily hilly. I know he has to walk four days. This is going to be a really good stepping stone in comparison to what he is competitively to the top 15 of the 20 golfers in the world. This is going to be one of the biggest events that Tiger can play in. I know that's crazy considering he's probably going to play four majors, but it's really going to set a tone for him, for casuals, for betters of what he is to bring. And at 6,100 in a 20 person event, I think in DFS it's worth a flyer. Um, I, I, I think it's a wait and see with tiger. Um, I, you know, I, in an ideal world, you want to bet him and you want the world to, to, to be better. Um, but, logistically it just doesn't make all of the sense of the world to bet it here when you don't know um he has been seen in like grainy footage like carrying charlie's bag and playing golf intermittently but it's scary that that is what we have to rely on for for our tiger woods betting not you know risk i guess you could say um and it's just not something i need to see in all honesty, Lucas Glover has won like what two of his last five tournaments. So I, him at the minimum price is arguably a little more disrespectful. I think the only reason that Tiger Woods is in the minimum price is because they want to, you know, give him his roses because he's the goat. Uh, but I think you could easily switch those. If not, maybe put Harmon down at the minimum price. So Lucas Glover, I think, is a, is the better option. Well, Lucas Glover has sucked. He played. Worldwide Tech and Butterfield, Butterfield, who if he didn't finish top 20, that was an error, and he barely finished top 50. Um, I will not take disrespect on the goat because he has. Uh, for the record, this is a a stat I could talk about stats all day. Do you know he has the second most DP World Tour wins of all time, and yeah, he's never been a member on the ago. DP World Tour. He's never been a member on the DP World Tour. Think about that, children. We Don't pre- disrespect my guy. 
people listening to this may have been prepubescent the last time Tiger won on the DP World World Tour. All right, he's been winning on DP World Tour for 25 years. Um, no, I th- again, Lucas Glover to start off the fall has not been great, but he has been playing in the fall, which is more you can, more than what you can say for Tiger Woods. So if you're gonna go that route, it's it's not an awful option to just go Lucas Glover even if he finishes T10. So all right. DraftKings and FanDuel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the scold after I trash talk Tiger there at the end of the at the end of the pod. I get First it. of all, this is I get it. Complete and utter disrespect. And <laughs> as a golf podcaster, I just want to apologize to the viewership and for anybody that is trying to turn off on Spotify right now. I ask you give us a second chance because I classify <laughs> myself as a top one percent Tiger, and um, that that just blatant disrespect. And I apologize for the incorrect facts that my colleague Liam is here, but. <laughs> DraftKings, really quickly. Um, I went the big two. I want Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler, one and two. Um, it's tremendous. We're going to get a win out of one of those guys, I bet. Justin Thomas, 8,400. I really like his spot here. Jordan Speed, 7,400, going with the guy. Willie Z, 6,600. If he's going for a course record, he's going for it. And then, um, according to myself, a true golf professional, the GOAT, Tiger Woods, 6,100. We're going to run it this week. There you go. You got both guys coming off of injury this week. You got both risk risk adverse. That is definitely going to be different than everybody else. I don't think you're going to get a lot of people with the uh, the Tiger Zalatoris double injury double stack. Um, so that will make sure that you have a different line with the most people. For my DraftKings, I actually went three and four. I started with Max Homa, ten thousand one hundred. Colin Morikawa, ten thousand. Justin Thomas at eighty four hundred. Tony Finau, 7,600, Wyndham Clark, 7,300, and Willie Z at 6,400. And then for my fan deal, this is going to be a little bit different of a lineup. We're starting off Victor Hovland. Second, we're going Scotty Scheffler. Third, we're going Justin Thomas. Fourth, Matt Fitzpatrick. Fifth, Willie Z. And sixth, the only right choice in this field, the greatest golfer of all time, arguably greatest athlete of all time, Tiger Woods, 8,000. There you go. Uh, for my FanDuel, again, I kind of did a similar setup where I was slightly different. I went top heavy. Um, I had Victor Hovland, 11,500. I have Max Homa, 11,100. I have Colin Morikawa, 10,800. Wyndham Clark at 9,400. Keegan Bradley at 8,800. And Will Zalatoris at 8,400. Yeah, you definitely went safer than I this week. Absolutely. Use his lineup if you're if you're a baby. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see what happens here in a couple of weeks when we record again. We'll see who was the baby and who won some money. Absolutely. Um, and then really quick for bets, beating Justin Rose is minus 150. Fitz obviously being the eighth best golfer in the world where Justin Rose has fallen to 39th. In the last couple of events, Matt Fitzpatrick, 27th, 1st, 18th, and 3rd. Really love that performance. Really love the activity. Justin Rose, 36th, 57th, 51st, and then a T9th. I just really don't love the consistency there. I think Fitz takes it. And then Fitz having a couple good percentages here at the Hero and then in the Bahamas. So I like it at 150. I think he's going to take on Rosie. Yeah, Fitzy over Rose is an interesting call. Uh, Last couple of seasons um, at this course, Justin Rose has beaten Fitz, but you know, top top golfer on tour. It, it makes sense that he should come back and and do better than old man Justin Rose this time around. Absolutely. And then the second one, 
it again, crazy bet. It's a minus 200. It is Victor Halvin beating Sepp Straka in round one. I, I Listen, everything else was so volatile. It's like you're getting Tiger Woods top 10 at like minus 183. Like there's no value here. I think Victor Halvin goes and is super confident in this course. I think Sepp Straka has the capability to shoot 125 at any point in the day. Um, so basically I got to go two for two to win money. Uh, t- Tiger Woods top 10 is plus 260. I would know. I looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost bet it is a do wild it. pick. Do I do it? I I, I might no. throw it in as a wild pick. If I have any bonus bets on DraftKings, that's what I'll do. Yeah, there you go. That's a smart way to do it. Um, yeah, I looked into the Tiger play again, and I think your Fitzy over Rose makes sense. Hovland over Straka also makes so much sense, but I'm just worried that like Straka might go out and shoot, you know, 61. That first day, and then proceed to shoot 12 over the next three days. Some, some I know, gar- it's scary with a round one. It's some garbage that Straka would end up doing at some point in time. So you just got to hope it's not this week. Uh, for my bets, I took a little bit of underdogs. Technically, they don't really feel like underdog picks, though. Um, same thing. I'm only doing two bets. Um, I got Wyndham Clark top 10 at plus 110. Again, I think that he is a different golfer. I have no concerns in the fact that he could easily even backdoor top 10. Uh, Wyndham Clark seems like the kind of guy that would is going to continue to fight on Sunday, where I think most people will, if they're not in the top like five, are just going to kind of coast. Um, so I think there's lots of opportunity for that. I also have a Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas top 10 parlay at plus 130. Uh, that is just my confidence in those two golfers specifically. Again, both coming coming in on Basically, absolute heaters, you could argue. So, Absolutely. And then the last bet, I didn't lock it in. I just want to put it out there that it was almost an option. Um, It's called a five versus a field. It's, you know what? Do I want to bet it? Let me just read it out. We'll talk about it. Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, and Max Homa, minus 163 versus the field. Oh, I like it. Picasso. I'm throwing my, t- my, my Tiger wildcard pick, so that's why I was distracted. But no, I I think it's a solid choice. I think that that is a fair play that one of those five would, would, would win. I would have. You know what? So one. In I'm going to throw. Let me let me preface this. I'm going to put this as an official bet, but I'm calling it out now. I'm putting half a unit on it. Just for the fair. record. All right, for wild cards, I added in a second one, and I'm, if Jack wants to tag along with the second, my second wild card as well, he is more than welcome. Uh, my first wild card is going to be Justin Thomas, top five at plus 260. Uh, my second wild card is also a plus 260. It, it is, can be Jack's tail if he wants to tail along with one of my picks. Tiger Woods, top ten. Yeah, I think it's not an unreasonable top ten. I mean, again, he just has to beat ten guys. Yeah. So I don't think it's... It's unreasonable so hard that it won't even matter. I could have a million dollars or a penny and I'll cheer the exact same. So uh, in terms of betting wise, I may honestly just ignore it. Um, and for everybody, DraftKings right now is Tiger top 10 at plus 250. Bet 365 and ESPN bet all these others have them at a plus 100 dead even. So if you're going to get value, go to DraftKings. Yeah. Um, anyway, my wild card. I'm not putting any cheddar on this for the record. Hovland and JT dual forecast plus 3,500. Do you want to explain dual forecast for people that might not know the betting world too much? 
Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, there's two things just called a straight forecast and a dual forecast. Straight forecast would be, for example, if I have Hovland and JT, it would be Hovland 1, JT 2, or JT 1, Hovland 2. You have to bet them in straight. Dual forecast means I can bet them either. So I pick two guys, and if they finished first and second in any order, I win money. So straight forecast, if I did Hov and JT, it'd be probably plus 7,000, yeah. whereas in the dual forecast, it's obviously cut because there's two chances. No, and that makes sense. Um, you did that actually pretty well. I was worried you were gonna you were gonna struggle explaining that to betters. We did that a lot better than I thought you would. Um, all right, we're going to wild or we're going to winners. Yeah, I did two guys that. Uh, there's a lot of guys in this field. Again, we do PGA Tour fantasy rules that I want to save. You know, I'll yeah. save my guy for the Masters. I won't even mention his name, Tiger. And the um, my two winners. Justin Thomas, number one, I think he's going to go out gunslinging, and I think this course really sets up well for him. Will Zalatoris, man, I don't know. Something about Willie Z, I keep reading stuff about him, and again, he's either going to come out with pee down his pants, or he's going to come out and have the nicest putting grip ever. Um, he needs to go work with Brad Faxon. I've been saying this for two years, and I think that he would be a top 10 player in the world if he did that. That's what Scotty's doing right now. He's re- he redefined his uh his putting stroke, I guess, in the middle of Ryder Cup play. Um, it like in the middle of Ryder Cup, which worked, but like man, what a time to readjust your entire putting putting grip while you're potentially trying to win the United States uh, a golf tournament. Exactly. Um, I think Willie Z's an interesting option for sure. I think if you want to pick a a a vol- like a low risk, high reward option. I think Willie Z is a great option to go for. Um, I also think that Keegan Bradley is another good cheap option. Um, I'm only picking one winner this week because there's only 20 guys. Um, if you want to, you can have Keegan Bradley be my second guy. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not using that in terms of the uh, PGA rules. I'm, I'm only picking one guy, and it's going to be Wyndham Clark. Um, again, I've liked them and I've talked a lot about them so far this podcast, so I won't bore you with it. Um, but I think just in terms of improvement, you, you know, year over year, he's shown some of the best improvement on tour and the metrics really like him on this style course. Yeah, I agree. I, I think those are two good guys to use. I don't know. Wyndham Clark isn't necessarily a course fit at a lot of courses. So I think it's really good to get him out of a way in a smaller field. Yeah, and and, that, and that's kind of the thought. Um, and again, I, I you know I'd love to pick like a Hovland or a Scotty here, but I I want to save them for like majors or or maybe better or equally good course fits just in in stronger fields. So Wyndham Clark it is. Plus, we'll be rooting for Tiger regardless. I hope yeah. that guy. If I could lose my house, and if I would like Tiger to win, I'd be okay with that. I'd do that trade off. Oh, I'm sure your partner would love that. So. Oh, I'm sure she would. She's <laughs> with me. She gets it. Yeah, that's fair. All right, everybody. We're going to leave you there. That is going to be the hero. What do we got next? We're going to the century, right? That's not until after um, the holidays. We might try and throw in a podcast here sometime before Christmas. Maybe get you guys into our our major tournament winners, some futures bets potentially. Um, I know that the waste management has some interesting plays. Um, so things like that might might come down the road here in the next week or two. Uh, but then other than that, we're not we're not going to see until the century. That is incorrect. We actually have after the hero, the Grant Thornton Invitational. And then if betting allows, the PGA Tour Q School finals will be December 14th through 17th. Ah, there so, you go. all right. Sorry. I, I realized on my end, I have the century next and then the Grant Thornton. So that would make sense. Uh, I swapped. them. OK. 
Never mind then. We will see you what next week, right? That's when Grant Horton is. In two weeks. Two Keep weeks. Keep going. Okay. All right. So we will probably see you in two weeks. You might potentially see us next week with uh with the majors play, but other than that, we will see you when we see you. Deuces. Deuces.